All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler Podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. We're back with the captain, Mr. Andy Fullen. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Egbrett. Andy, it's Friday. Another week is in the books. That means the weekend is here. What's going on, my friend? Um, getting tired of walking. I've been walking a lot the last couple of weeks. My body hurts, but no complaints. It's the weekend. Yeah. You might be tired of walking. I'm tired of sitting in my desk, <laughs> so I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I forgot what I was at, but I know as of two weeks ago, I was at like almost 100 miles in like two weeks of walking. So in this week, I've done probably 16 or 17 so far. So we're doing, we're moving. <laughs> okay. Totally random. We're already getting on a tangent. Shocking. We're a minute in. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, what is a like snack food wise a day like that when you're guiding on the streams or even I probably argue too that you and you guys can confirm this. Like when you're scouting, you put on probably more miles than when you're guiding. Yeah, hundred percent. What What do you bring to eat if okay, anything? Because so. knowing you, you either probably just you probably don't bring nothing or you have like a full gallon. So, yeah, it, it depends on the day, right? Like some days there's nothing and just like a bottle of water when I'm rushing and I'm running late. Um, but normally, like I have uncrustables, so I'll pull those out in the morning. I take an uncrustable Freaking with me. Genius. <laughs> yes, it's usually like a granola or a protein bar in. Uh, if I have time to stop at the store, I'll get like a Pedialyte so I don't have to carry a bunch of water with me to keep hey. the electrolytes going. Yeah. So liquid IV, buddy. Try to keep it light and um, usually an uncrustable and a protein bar, and we're pretty good. But I figured it out like with the Apple Watch. The one hike I did with the client, we did almost 10 miles in eight hours, and I burned 2,600 calories and climbed 28 flights of stairs. That's a lot. Yeah. Dude, that's got to be quite the workout. Like, that's a total yes. personal question. But, like, if you were tracking how much weight you lose during steelhead season, it's probably nuts. Yeah. If I ate healthier, right? Like, usually when I get home, I'm like, All right, yeah, give me like two plates of spaghetti, three hamburgers. Like, I'm starving. And then I usually throw like ice cream in after it because I'm like, so it all comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> So then by the morning, I'm like, yeah, why did I eat so much just to do this again? Like dying. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but, yeah. Like if I, if I ate healthier, I'd probably lose shit, probably 20 pounds. Cause I got like 15, 20 pounds of gear on me that I'm, I have two packs, a net in my back, a rod, clients, rods, like we're moving. You look like that boy scout kid from up. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you look like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, dude, uh, you mentioned the Pedialyte thing. That was something I was actually big on in, uh, when I was an athlete. Um, but total side plug here, liquid IV is the freaking crap. And if anybody knows what that is, um, it's like a simple packet. You put it in one little water bottle, and it equals like the hydration levels of three water bottles. Yeah, uh, people that. are athletes. I need to get a bunch of that. Is, but, Hey, if anybody wants to save 30% off liquid IV, shoot me a DM, my personal account, and uh, I'll hook you guys up. Um, but nonetheless, uh, fun episode today coming up. We got our boy, Mr. Steve Estes from Bass Fishing Electronics joining us. Uh, he lives near a lake right now that I would love to experience in the fall. Uh, we'll tease him a little bit because he doesn't, he doesn't have a boat at the moment. Uh, but uh, I guess I guess either way, neither do I, technically. 
But uh, yeah, you're uh, the only one who has a functioning piece of watercraft. Gonna, piece of watercraft. We're not even going to qualify it as a boat. It's a piece of watercraft. So it's a one third. Yes, <laughs> third watercraft with uh with uh like a twelve volt trolling motor. So you're going places. But hey, I'm going faster than you boys. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's, that's facts because I'm walking. So. <laughs> I'm the lazy guy in a freaking kayak with an electric motor. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to have some fun conversation today. Uh, and, and really fast for you guys, before we get into today's show, quick reminder, Omnia Fishing, 25% off all lose uh, rods and reels right now, uh, as well as um, reminder on the Project Purple giveaway that we're doing right now is ending next Tuesday. So next Tuesday night, we will announce the winner. Uh, if you want to get in on that, and donate for a good cause. Um, that link is linked down below, as well as the rec lending giveaway that runs till January 6th. We guys got some time, but for that one, it's $10,000 in cash and prizes. That's up for grabs, and it's free to enter. Um, but joining us next Tuesday night, uh, coming back on the show, it's been a minute, is our, our good pal, Mr. Caleb Bell, who's been oh, re- that'll be a good one. It's uh, been on a while. TVA guiding and catching some freak giants and caleb always drops some dang juice every time he's on the show so looking forward to, to getting him back on here um and uh if you guys have not caught up yet uh kayak fishing weekly we dropped our third episode uh, of that series um this this past yeah it was actually good gosh it was yesterday um and so you guys can go check that one out we had our we just talked uh justin and i because justin f- uh, finished third at the Hobie Tournament of Champions last week on Lake Chickamauga, where you could win up to, you know, first prize was 30 grand. 30 grand of a kayak ain't too shabby. Um, so check that one out. And then we're having Christine Fisher on for next week's Ooh. episode. So bringing on the heavy hitters, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got some, we got some really good conversations in the hopper that we're planning out that uh, uh, we're going to make for some really, really good episodes. So if you guys are into kayak fishing or just enjoy that conversation in general, Kayak Fishing Weekly, you can find it anywhere you listen to, uh, serious angler as well as on youtube just stick around uh because those episodes come on the same youtube channel that you guys are watching right now awesome yeah but nonetheless andy without further ado let's get him on here mr steve estes what's going on man hey guys how's it going tonight it's good it's good i, I love the every time we have you on it's just a bfe billboard <laughs> behind you that's great i figured out how to do it one time and now i have no clue how i even did it <laughs> just stuck Hey, just leave it. <laughs> you don't need anything else. Can't go back now. <laughs> that's right. I think that's a smart choice. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, uh, up we we're talking earlier up in your neck of the woods, old Champlain. Uh, just a big bummer that you're, uh, you mentioned you're boatless at the moment. <laughs> yeah. There's just hundreds of smallmouth swimming around right now waiting for a silver buddy, and I'm stuck here at the shop with no boat. So. <laughs> And will any of your friends let you borrow their boat to go, or do you just kind of have to go co-angler status and have no control? Yeah, co-angler. I mean, I, I have had a couple people offer, but I'd hate to use somebody else's boat, you know, yeah. just in case anything ever happened. But That's I got bigger plans for next year. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a backup boat. So this this won't happen anymore. <laughs> like I feel it. like you're the boss over there, so you should just take somebody else's at work at the shop. <laughs> yeah. and Sorry, it's going to be a week longer. <laughs> like, hey, I'll pay you overtime. Let me, let me snag that boat of yours. <laughs> just take a different boat out of the shop each week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You don't have to know as long as you don't break anything. They don't know it's done. <laughs> now, do you oh, have yeah. any like lakes closer to you that fish pretty good in the fall as well, or 
is it really like you have to go to Champlain to no you can time? you can go to some small lakes I mean they're real small but there's plenty of lakes in New Hampshire that have some some good smallmouth in it for sure yeah awesome what we, uh, we went out last weekend and uh, we had like 21 pounds on our best five so they're they're around that was in New Hampshire oh that's good oh, not on Champlain you're saying like right that's cool. Um, um, that makes sense why you blurred out the background and did some epic photoshop. <laughs> yeah, you like those quality skills on the Photoshop. Yeah, I was trying just to blur the background. And it, and the, yeah, it came out with the boat flooding, so I thought I'd just leave it. <laughs> you look like freaking Avatar out there just levitating yeah. over the water. With just <laughs> a few waves there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if anybody didn't know any better, they thought, probably thought you were waiting in the lake to fish that day. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> does champlain get pounded this time of year like is it is it busy or is it is everybody pretty much off and done yeah no it's i mean you pretty much have it to yourself i mean there's one popular bay that everybody goes in so if you go there you'll have a little bit of company but um if you venture out on the main lake you won't even see another boat wow which is it's nuts like i don't think a lot of people that at least have never seen like let's picture this for for people that are like at a Toledo bend something like that people that have been on that lake picture that lake but not seeing a boat all day long <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you don't think it's possible but <laughs> Champlain's protected enough in regards to location that it's it's pretty you know isolated to an extent I feel like that on Erie in the fall or like early spring and I'm the only one out there. And I'm like, if something goes wrong, I am royally screwed. (laughs) It is cold. It's wavy. And I'm 10 to 14 miles from the boat launch in the main lake. It's never a good feeling. I don't know, Andy. The bills are sucking royally this year. So it might be a little bit more packed out on Erie. Yeah. Yeah. And but I mean it didn't matter anyways. They play at four twenty five the rest of the year except for one game. So yeah, like, but you're a Bills fan. Tailgating starts Friday night unless they play on Thursday. It I starts know. Friday night. Everyone's there. Everyone's already hammered by the time it's Sunday morning. <laughs> where I where I live, Steve. If I make a left, I'm at the Bills Stadium in like six minutes. The traffic backs up basically all the way to my like where my street turns out on the oh, main wow. highway leading to the Bills Stadium. So we have a thing here, like Sunday mornings, if you have to travel east or north, you just don't go. <laughs> it's not an west. option. <laughs> and if I go west, I'm at the lake in like a minute and a half, so I can't go very far west. So we should, honestly, this is total tangent. Uh, like where your house is at, Andy, we should totally just send a drone up in the air and you could probably see the game from there. <laughs> yeah, probably, honestly. Like, I'm trying to think how many streets over it is that would close. run. Yeah, it's probably like four lights away, four or five lights away. I don't think people know how to mile. measure in lights. It, it's two. <laughs> it's, it's like three and a quarter miles from my house. Mm. So you'd have to get up pretty high. Oh, worth the, worth the shot. But uh, nonetheless, getting back to fish and talk because if we go football here, we'll we'll, we'll never. Come yeah, back. like the end of our last episode for the yeah. Yeah, see, like, we had a straight up sports talk for the past like last thirty minutes of last episode. It's good. Surprisingly, people stuck around, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, out out your way. Obviously, we hit that temperature range where it becomes pretty difficult to catch largemouth, at least like consistently. 
because they're hunkered down, whereas smallmouth can still say that still remain a little bit more charged up and catch them in numbers. But um, out your way right now, what does that largemouth bite look like in compared to the amount you're catching smallmouth? Bites? Yeah, I mean, the, <clears throat> for me, I mean, I just target smallmouth this time of year just because they're so much more active. So, uh, I mean, I know a few local guys that have caught some big ones lately. Uh, you know, it definitely can be done. But I, I learned something interesting uh, probably like two years ago on a really small pond here that's got some big largemouth and, and some decent smallmouth. But I would see there's not a wide variety of fish in the lake. So, you you know, you don't it's not like you get mixed up with walleye or something like that. So I'd see these these big schools of fish swimming around and I never could figure out what they were because they look like bass. And I was uh, reeling in a silver buddy, like I burned it in one time from a cast and like a four and a half pound largemouth came up with it. And I was like, the light went off, you know, there's schools of 20 largemouth swimming around and they just will not bite anything. It doesn't matter what you throw at them, but they stay in these super tight schools and they just slowly roam around back and forth through like this one little area. Hmm. And they won't eat period. There's like no, I've never got one to bite. Wow. <laughs> Large mouth. I got a recommendation <laughs> for you. Pick, pick you up a cast net. You'll get a <laughs> electro fish. <Get> <laughs> yeah. I need it's to drop the uh, aqua view down there and see what's going on. Yeah, that would be, that'd be the way to go. Now's the time to really have some fun with an aqua view. Um, just because like when those fish are, when they're there, they're so condensed that that could, that could be some cool content. But uh, I, I used it the other day uh, and I literally had, a uh i wish there was a record function in the one that i had but i literally had a lake trout come up and like mouth at the camera <laughs> and that just proves how much lake trout are the dumbest things that swim almost more than a pickerel they're like the cod of a lake they'll just eat anything like i'm sure if there was a coke bottle down 120 foot you would probably catch it like and cut one open it'd probably be in its stomach so yeah, they're not very bright <laughs> yeah this is probably the only time of year I don't know what you guys think, but like from a bycatch standpoint, is the only time of year really don't mind because you're catching a lot of perch, lake trout, and they are it's cold enough where I don't have to worry about bringing a cooler. So they go directly in the back of the kayak so that I can bring them home to eat them. But uh, I don't mind lake trout this time of year. But. Yeah, they fight a little bit better too when the water gets colder. So yeah, that's fair. They move shallower too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you keep a bunch of fish, Steve, or are you just straight up bass, don't care about anything else? No, I keep fish sometimes. I used to keep them all the time. I mean, I, I grew up down in Virginia, and we ate fish, freshwater fish, all the time. Um, I kept a bunch of crappy one day this year. I mean, to me, those are the best outside of walleye when it comes to freshwater. So, um, yeah, crappy perch. I mean, I try not to, I don't usually keep bass unless I got hooked one and it died or something. Um I never understood why people say bass tastes like mud. I don't. I don't know. I think they're pretty good if they're fried. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to go have like a five star meal here on the grill or something with a with a large mouth. But <laughs> you're I just coming know. home with your twenty pound bag every weekend, just cooking <laughs> up this fry for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there goes Steve putting it back in the feed. <laughs> you really want to trigger some people? Start putting those pictures up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's taking their way bags back down at the docks, and you're just going straight to the boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was the guy for a while growing up that took all the dead fish at the weigh-in. You know what I mean? Because everybody would just chuck them in the woods. I mean, obviously, if it you could tell if it'd been dead the whole day, you don't want it. But right. yeah. hey, it's free food, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I've never minded it. Throw right. it in the frying pan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like so, fresh tacos. Like, who doesn't like a good fish taco? A little salsa, guac. It's good stuff. Yeah, you cover that with enough stuff. It doesn't matter if it tastes like mud. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So in your neck of the woods, when you see those temperatures dropping, uh, especially because you say you, you're chasing smallmouth predominantly this time of year, um, when less and less people are out on the water, obviously it almost, it seems like it becomes a little bit easier. I think you could argue that just for a sense of like, it's easier to move around because more water is open, but also less fish are getting pressured. But uh, like you're going to put in the boat now, you know, it's, it's mid November uh, temperatures up there are probably somewhat similar to here, maybe like a high forties around that 50 mark. That's we're at like a low fifties, high forties right now. Um, like what is your first stop? Like what's the first thing you're doing when you put the boat in? I mean, for me, this time of year, it's it's straight to the winter holes, um, you know, where the smallmouth tend to gang up. And that that depends on the lake. I mean, Champlain, that's mostly 40 to 60 feet is where I find them for Silver Buddy. But um, some of these smaller lakes, they like to go in like 15 to 25 feet. But uh, the bigger lakes, I mean, I think that deeper stuff is – that's where I spend all my time. I've found – three or four wintering holes that they go to and they just stack up. And I mean, a couple of them, you can catch them till you get sick of catching them. Awesome. And that's where you start with that. You start there and retreat shallow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of those holes have got a lot of like two and a half to three and a half. So you kind of get bored after a while, you know, catching three pounders and try to venture off and find some of those bigger ones. I think there are people reaching through this show right now to shake you they're like <laughs> three pounders you're throwing them back like it's a like peasants three rat, they're yeah. rats. <laughs> so a northern angler a three pounder in the fall is literally a rat it's just like oh cool we're having people that are thumb downing this show right now out of <laughs> because i was talking like that well, they're like i would love it, to catch three pounders until i get bored like <laughs> i don't think People oh, it's funny. I went out to, to Thousand Islands earlier this year and, and I don't I haven't spent any time out there. It was the first time, second time I'd ever been out there. And I just I don't know. You watch everything on TV, you talk to everybody. And like my expectation is at least five, five pounders in a day. And that's just not <laughs> realistic when They're you're all three to three and a half pounders, every one of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, we but we didn't catch numbers when we went. We we were around giants like every day. You could see them on live scope, but we would catch like or have an opportunity to catch probably two to four five pounders a day. But you'd see so many of them and they wouldn't bite. But wait, are you saying that you saw fish on live scope and <laughs> automatically get in the boat? Wow, who'd have known? <laughs> Sorry, I had to put it in there. <laughs> You're just causing trouble. I know. I know. It's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. But, it did. It, it was. It was shocking to see how finicky those fish were. I don't know if maybe I just didn't know what I was doing or or what, but I don't know if that's a general consensus. But I mean, I found a boulder out in the middle of nowhere in twenty eight feet, and it had two tanks sitting on it. And you would, I mean, anywhere that I've ever been, that's automatic. Two big fish like that on an isolated boulder. Yeah. No throw it out there they looked at it and they're like no we've seen that before <laughs> try again <laughs> which is crazy to me because like i did hear through several people that the river specifically this year 
was fishing rather tough. Um, I've heard rumblings of potential fish kill. I've heard maybe it's pressure. Um, I, I don't know what it is. Again, I, I don't spend all that much time. I may, I maybe get up there two, three times a year. But uh, I also heard that like the American side specifically too from Lake Ontario was rather tough. Like there were certain schools that would fire throughout certain windows of the day. But for the most part, if you went to can- uh, Canada, that's like it's for whatever reason when you cross the border, it's like, yeah, we're going to eat fish. We're going to eat all of your baits now when you're in Canada. I don't know. I feel like it's a hard thing. That water's so vast, it's hard to picture that becoming quote unquote pressured. Like when you go to a Chickamauga, that's pressure. Right. That's what I don't understand. Like we, we spent, we actually had the opportunity. We got four days on the main lake. Um, We were really fortunate with weather and I was so excited. And, you know, like the second or third day I pulled up to a boulder out off an Island and the first, first cast, a five and a half pounder just swam off the boulder and ate it. And I, you know, I look back at my dad and I'm like, this is going to be the day, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, yeah, no. I threw it like twenty more fish out there, and I think I caught one. <laughs> Dude, so, yeah. it's. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it was. I mean, I guess next year, you know, we'll kind of see where this trend goes, right? Uh, when it comes to up there, because everyone thinks it's this mecca, and as soon as seasons open, it it seems like you see all these southerners are magically posting giants on bed from St. Lawrence and Lake Ontario once the seasons open up there. Uh, so it definitely hit some pressure there, but. I don't know. We'll see where that trends to see if maybe it is something. Maybe it's just like an off year. Like Andy talked about you know, Erie being kind of tough right now from just like a harder north wind on average this year. I think that's what a lot of it was, was wind direction. It pushes against the natural flowing current and they just don't set up right. And they don't eat all the time. And we had so much north and east wind this summer that it just messed with all the natural current, even here in Buffalo. Like it was the most north wind and east wind I've ever seen through a summer. And it just messes everything up. It definitely was off. You could tell. Like I, I found a school on a little underwater finger coming out, and there was probably twelve to twenty fish in that school. And and just for curiosity's sake, I sat on them for like fifteen minutes throwing different baits. And after fifteen minutes, I finally got one to trigger, and it, it was only a three and a half. You know, so it's not like it's giant smart fish. Like these were <laughs> these fish should have been dumb, but they weren't. <laughs> yeah. At that rate, like I mean, even in general, though, I guess uh, when when I'm up there, don't get me wrong, I love throwing light line and catching like bigs out deep doing that thing. But there's something about that place with how crystal clear it is and how shallow fish are everywhere. Taking like a big spinner bait, I've seen people throw glides, jerk bait, chatter, but whatever. And like power fishing shallow. I don't care if they're three and a half pounders. To me, I'm having more fun if I'm catching 40 of them yeah. doing that than it is wild how yeah. shallow you can go and catch them and see them swimming and everything. That that is a really neat aspect of that river for sure. Well, and that's the thing too, is like even when you're not catching them, you're seeing them up there. And it's just like a I don't know. I don't know what if it's just the the kid in me that's tapping on the the glass of the fish tank kind of concept where I'm just mesmerized <laughs> by seeing everything, but it's just it's a super cool uh location in regards to even if you're not catching you're just so intrigued by everything that's going on uh whether it's 10 foot waves coming in off the lake or there's <laughs> yeah. of channel, it's, it's always something up there but yeah i mean so what, what, to get back on track uh what we were talking about earlier you so you start at where the winter holes will be this time of year and then if they're not there are you usually just trying to go where they might be as they move up through the spring or what's your approach to that if they're say 
they're not in the winter holes. Yeah, I mean, for me, like on Champlain, I mean, this time of year, it's pretty much a guarantee that they're going to be in those winter holes. But if if they weren't, then I just start running. I have some rock areas, you know, in like 20 to 30 feet. So I just start running all those spots and, you know, you'll catch one here, one there. I mean, a couple years I've caught them like ganged up on certain areas, but I learned they don't go back to those or, or maybe it's just a timing deal you know what i mean like i pulled up to a rock pile one time and there was like 30 on it hmm. and we just sat there catching one after another but i've never found them on that rock pile since so it's um, weird i just feel like they're moving so much this time of year you know they they go on a little they get on some rock stuff in september and they feed up on crawfish and all that and i think after that they just they make a huge move and it's just a matter of running into them in that transition yeah you mentioned the silver buddy. Are there any other mainstays bait wise that you're throwing this time of year? I'm going to have three different types of silver buddy side on <laughs> and a net dragon. That's about it. Maybe a spider grub. A spider. Oh, that's a good one. A little different. Yeah. Um, are you a, for the silver buddy, are you a spinning setup guy or are you a bait caster guy? Yeah, I've I don't know. I've thrown it on both, but I like throwing it on a, a spinning rod. But I do you set the hook like I'm throwing a jig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you're probably making casts with it, right? You're not probably Yeah, I'm not just dropping down. Yeah. Andy's triggered right now. No, I'm not. I just <laughs> always like ninety nine percent of the time I throw a blade baits three eighths, half or three quarters, and I'm like big cast or ten pound test. And I just think it's more fun to flip them. So that's where I lean. Yeah, I definitely know. So like with, when, with casting gear, it sucks to try to like make long casts and work a blade bait legitimately. Where it's like if you're ripping vertically, obviously it makes sense. Where It almost seems like if you're going to be doing both, like if you can get up on that school and they're not going to be, you know, too temperamental with a boat on top of them, then obviously you can pull that out. But if like you're making long casts, it seems like, Especially because you have that braid, the spinning, that just way more feel. It seems like that's the way better. Yeah, I like the, I just like that subtle movement and I, I like to feel them when they hit it. And I just feel like I can, it's just so much yeah, more sensitive on a spinning rod. Makes sense. I can get down with that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and he's fighting his inner urge. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, and that's the best part about fishing is everyone has their own confidence in the way they do things. So. And I'm 99% of the time up and down. Like, I'm hardly ever casting a blade bait out. So, <laughs> different. I like to kind of set off on the side of the humps and just cast at it and just spot lock and sit in the same place and make casts. I don't know just how I've always done it. but Never move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you really don't have to. <laughs> what Steve says is literally get bored catching two and a half. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that except for getting bored. Right, like, how spoiled are we that we get bored? That's the yeah. that's the real question. Now, Andy, one thing you've told me in the past that has been interesting to try to monitor and get self experience, but there comes a time in the fall, getting into the winter, where it seems like there's a temperature that once you hit it, it is extremely hard to catch like your true giant smallmouth. It's almost like they stop eating to a sense. Yeah. Do you experience anything like that, Steve? Where once you hit a current threshold of temperature it's hard to catch like a giant giant are you saying like when it gets really cold yeah yeah i don't know um 
I think it really just depends on the area for me. I mean, I can still see, you know, some areas seem to hold bigger ones, um, but you don't catch a ton of big ones, I guess. That's, that's true. You know, a lot of like three and a halfs, and then you'll just randomly get a four, but it's not like you're catching all four pounders. Yeah, right. So like, that's where we're spoiled here is like every fish will be like four and a half to four and three quarters, but to get above that four and three quarter threshold, and there's tons of fives and six pounders and some sevens out there, but all of our fish tend to go like to one area. If you pan live scope around or any forward facing, it's just littered with smallmouth and getting the bigger ones to bite it before the four to four and a half pound rats, as we call them rats, <laughs> bite the bait, it's like almost impossible. See, I'm not even as spoiled as you. I don't, we don't get those big ones here. <laughs> so Bailey got to experience like a November day with our buddy Jeff and Destin Demarion and how just ludicrous it can be. But you got that some wasn't big a November ones that day. day. That was New yeah. Year's Eve. Yeah. It was 170 what, something bass? Uh, it was like 140. We had... Uh, we were four ounces off a 30 pound bag, where, like every fish was on. We had at one person, we were all dual wielding and just like tangling lines, running all over the boat. It would be like a, ne a Ned rig and a blade bait in one hand, and you're just dual wielding, and you're like holding one fish on one rod between your knees and reeling in the other one. And you're just like, <laughs> you're just like, this is yeah. this dumb, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's people that are you're, you're gonna get canceled now for saying that, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, but like. It's so hard to catch one over like six and a quarter when it's like that. Like a six pounder is really, hard to really bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's See, traumatic. This is, this is how I feel when Andy comes back. He's oh, I'm exhausted. I'm fishing. <laughs> I was working. Caught like fifty. You through the <laughs> eighty-eight degrees outside and no wind. Oh, you poor but, thing! I'm sitting yeah. here sweating in the office now. Uh, <laughs> What time of year do you usually stop fishing, Steve? Like, when does it become up there where it locks up? Um, it really just depends on the year. But this is a around this time of year is, you know, typically when I stop, you know, around Thanksgiving, um, yeah. it starts to get to the point, you know, where you're sliding down the ramp and stuff like that, you know, in the mornings that when you bring the water up on the ramps and it gets a little sketchy and. I'm not really into wanting to run off the road this time of year and stuff like that. So yeah. plus the salt all over the trailer. And fortunately we haven't had that yet this year, but um, it just gets a little sketchy. I'm not that diehard. <laughs> <laughs> I know guys well, that carry bags of sand with them in the back of the truck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, if you ever want to keep fishing throughout that, you can come join me in the, the kayak side of things. Cause worst case scenario, all you do is you're just sledding down into the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. I did that one and ride down the ramp. <laughs> Dude, I, I did it one time. We had, uh, we had two feet of snow and there was snow on the ramp and there was like no way for me to like try and clear it. So I, I quite honestly pushed my kayak on top of the snow and angled it. It's the last time I'll ever do this because I almost went like in doing it. But I'm like, screw it. Like, let's this, this be fun. I'm at the ramp anyways. I can get out quick. And I quite literally just sledded down the ramp and into the lake. It, it was fun. Thank God it was only a 10 foot ramp because any longer I probably would have been way worse. But I went nose in and like flooded steep. the whole thing. And I'm like, that was pretty stupid, but that was pretty fun. Didn't have a GoPro that day, of course. But you've yeah, got to be freezing in a kayak that time of year, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cold. 
Uh, Blackfish arid gloves come in handy. Yeah, blackfish everything in a dressed up like a marshmallow, pretty much. You can't really <laughs> you can move. barely move. <laughs> and cast for the motor because I'm usually not. I mean, there's times where I'll just bring the motor up and pedal because I need to get warm. Like that's <laughs> when I just start moving around. But uh, I don't go too often when it's that cold. And if I do, I try to go with a buddy because that can be pretty scary. Uh, being in a little plastic boat when the boat is literally covered. Unless it's the spring. In the spring, he'll go out and venture by himself. That would be wild. Well, yeah, because in the spring, and there's 34,000 boats out there that are all getting on the same bite. <laughs> Where in the fall, Fair. everyone's in a, in a you know, tree stand. Yeah, but. especially starting this weekend in New York. It's uh, opening weekend of rifle or shotgun season, I believe. Yes, all so. the above. Yeah. Yep. We, uh, my buddy, John Tamaro and Forrest Bucky, and we're going to do a little creek float. And uh, we're prepared to have all the GoPros for what it sounds like World War Three is happening as we're, as we're going down the creek we're like we, we we're having a little group chat we're like hey make sure we wear orange this weekend when we go down yes. this float last thing we need is uh you know kayak angler get shot trying to fish down creek yeah, it's <laughs> funny i have a guide trip saturday and where i've been fishing i don't know if i'll be able to go there saturday morning for that 10 mile hike but it's literally like dead smack in the middle of public land hunting and there's already been people down there like shooting squirrels and stuff. You just hear bang, bang. You're like, oh, I'm going to have to wear orange from here on out through the end of the season because I'm probably going to get shot at. That would that would be so, wise. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely wear orange. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Like we're down in like, I think the bluff walls surrounding the creek are 1,500 feet tall and rocks are falling all day on us, close to us. It's great. I would take rocks over getting shot at. Yeah, it's fair. But <laughs> at least you know the rock's coming at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little funky down there. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, Steve, so like on the flip side, non fishing side, but like in the <laughs> shop for you guys this year, what is what does November to December look like? Is it, is it slow? Is it just like a regroup for next year? What's that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's um, <clears throat> it hasn't been slow at all this year. Um, we've still been pretty much fully booked. I mean, not booked like a spring schedule, but enough to keep everybody busy. And um, it we stay super busy with like the Black Friday sales coming and all that. So tons of product coming in and having to organize that and um, just planning sales out. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've had decent weather, so guys are still bringing their boats in and trying to beat the spring rush. So, um, it's a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot more sense and, um, you know, we don't have to rush through things and, um, it's definitely a good time of year to bring your boat in for sure. So for, for people, I got a bunch more questions on this cause it, that just sparked a bunch in my head here. Uh, like this time of year for somebody that isn't fortunate enough to live close to a bass fishing electronics and say, it's going to just going to be simple. Want to winterize, put it in the garage type of deal. Like when it comes to batteries or whatever, what are some simple tips for people to take care of their stuff before they put it away? Yeah, there's been a, you know, big push. Everybody's changing the lithium. So we've, we've had that call probably two or three times a day um, for the last couple of weeks, you know, with a lot of guys with their lithiums and, you know, it's different than when you had lead acids and AGMs, you had to make sure you bring those inside so they wouldn't freeze, you know, especially the lead acids. So 
Um, and, and you'd have to keep a trickle charge on them. So, I mean, that obviously still stands true for your lead acids and AGMs. But when it comes to lithiums, they, they recommend storing them. Um, you don't even have to store them inside. I mean, you can leave them out in the cold. Um, but you want to store them at like 60 to 80 percent charge. Um, they don't recommend leaving them at full charge. So, you know, you don't have to get your calculator out or, or be perfect on a Bluetooth app, you know, just turn your graphs on and your fish finder on for a little while and let them drain down. Um, but you, you don't want to keep them at a full charge, but, uh, and you don't need to keep them plugged into a charger, especially if, if you're leaving them outside because you're not supposed to charge below 32 degrees. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had back when we were at the house working out of the house, I had a storage unit and we kept batteries in the storage unit, you know, not heated or anything through the whole winter and never had a single issue with any of them. So that's, um, that's kind of the nice part about lithium. You don't have to lug them in and out and worry about them getting cold. Yeah. Where people that are still using the lead acids are like, yeah, I got to get ready to buy some new ones for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what most people do where it's, uh, and not a lot of people have come around to the fact that you're, if you use a boat a good amount and you can, you can certainly get away with, with lead acids. You don't, you certainly don't need lithium. Uh, but like Steve was just saying here, you, you don't need to make your yearly or maybe two times a year trip to Walmart to go grab more lead acids, or you can just invest in a, a nice set of batteries, even if it's just AGM and, uh, be able to get away just fine with those and it'll perform a lot better. Thanks for the fr- friendly reminder. I was thinking about taking my boat from where it's at and just putting it away. And I, because of this conversation, I'm like, oh, I got to get my batteries out of my boat still. <laughs> so, yeah, great. I'm surprised. I mean, we we are seeing a ton of guys make the switch to lithium for sure. Um, and once you, you can get over that, that big price increase, I mean, and wrap your head around how long they last and it's, it really is a no brainer, just the steady voltage output and not having to maintain them in the winter time. And there's just so many pluses to them. Uh, I just, I can't imagine not using lithium anymore. Yeah. I feel like when you get over a certain threshold, like when you go and buy a boat and you're not the kind of guy that gets a new boat every year kind of deal. Like it, it almost just makes way more sense to get them. Like if you're already spending, you know, upwards of thirty to sixty thousand dollars on a new boat, and I mean, for some people, way more than that. Why, like, why not grab that? You know what I mean? You're already spending that much money. Invest in it. That way, you don't have to worry about. Because if you're going off the lead acids, you're making a trip or two a year to go get new batteries. At the end of the day, you're going to be spending just as much money. It's just. I think a lot of the problems uh, that that people, the reason why people are still so scared of lithium or hesitant of lithium, is because there's so much bad info online, and there's so many mechanics that have an old school mentality mm-hmm. of it's not compatible with the motor, um, and and it's just not true with these newer batteries. And I'm sure there's certain brands that have some trouble with the BMS boards, but. Uh, any brand that's got like a high output or a, a BMS board made for cranking motors, I've literally never in four years seen an outboard alternator issue caused by a brand lithium that we sell. So I just have no reason to believe that there's ever going to be a motor issue from a lithium. So outside of that, you know, we still get the question once or twice a month of, is my boat going to catch on fire, you know, from I think that happened to Chris Lane forever ago, right? Eight years ago or whenever that was. Yeah. 
you know, we, I, I, me personally, I've never heard of a boat catching on fire since I started doing this. So I just think there's a lot of bad info out there and, and old type mentality. You know what I mean? Misinformation. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of it out there. Like on episodes, we give the precursor when it's just Andy and I, this, there might be some misinformation. Whereas yeah. we get on people like Steve, no, you can believe, you can believe everything you hear. Just not from Andy Steve. and I. <laughs> 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 Let's put that precursor out there. Um, more just jokes, but uh, yeah, I think, I think nowadays you just got to take a lot of stuff with a grain of salt and, and have a, what do you call it? What do they call it? A, a large sample size. Like if you're going to don't go, go and watch just one video or use one resource, talk to one person. Like everyone, uh, if you, if you are serious about it, like make some calls, reach out to Steve here at Bass Fishing Electronics, find the experts. Uh, because certainly if you go down to your local boat store, whatever it may be, you might not run into the most credible source. Or even if you go on YouTube, Lord knows how many videos are out there that have the wrong information <laughs> nowadays. Uh, but yeah, it's, I can understand it. Wasn't it, was it mercury that had the, if you use a lithium, it would void the warranty or something like that. Yeah. And Yamaha still kind of walks that line, but uh, I don't know. We have so many customers with Yamahas who never had an issue with lithium. So I personally ran them for a couple of years with the Yamaha show and never had a problem. So I don't know. I don't believe in that. I, I believe there's probably cheap batteries that that could happen for sure. Uh, but I think that's your Amazon brand specials, you know, that that don't have the proper BMS. But um, I don't know. To me, it's just a no brainer. We've converted so many people and I've never had a guy come back in here and say, you know, I can't believe you converted me to lithium. This has been a bad decision that, you know, that terrible decision. Why yeah. would you do that? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it's things you never hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's a lot of misconception on lithium too. I think with electronics, like a lot of guys think they need dedicated batteries and that all stemmed from these uh, DeWalt specials where they got the, you know, the drill <laughs> battery set up um, separate. And, you know, from my personal experience, and this may vary from, from other guys, but I, as long as you run the right power to your electronics, you can put it on the cranking battery and you're never going to have any interference. It's just about running the right wiring to it. So there's a, I think there's a big misconception there about you need a dedicated lithium because I've tried that, you know, I've, I've ran everything on a dedicated one. And then, you know, now for the last two or three years, I run them all on the same battery. I, I can't personally see a difference. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that alone could make it, show in itself yeah I'm talking hmm. about that whole setup i would um, be open to it i mean if somebody can drop contradict me go ahead and do it but i i just the all the comparisons you see for a lot of these brands they they kind of you, you know they kind of hide what what the truth is like they're they're comparing an agm or a lead acid you know live sonar screen to a lithium and it's like well I mean, obviously, if you're getting 11 to to 12.2 volts versus a steady 13.2 to 13.4, I mean, there's a big difference there. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but I think that's a, there's a glaring difference there. To me. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> yeah, just a whole 
whole extra volt. Three, <laughs> three equals seven, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. 20 to the 27th. Oh, three days. Okay. Yeah, hey, I've learned if somebody tells you one plus one equals four, just to tell them they're right and walk right. Yeah. So, Because <laughs> like, there's no convincing them otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> you did so good. Get a nice pat on that. Yeah. Great job. You win. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yes. Here's a random question to you for, for somebody that installs and is around a lot of different boat and boat combinations, things like that. I'm curious your opinion, because there's so many people that debate this back and forth and you see the different trends on like from a motor standpoint specifically. Um, like a, where would you rank and feel free to shut down this question. I don't, I don't know if, if you'd want to answer it now, but like ranking like Yamaha, Mercury, Suzuki, things like that, like from your preference. Or your point of view of your installs with customers and reviews, like where do you where do you see that from like best bang for your buck or performance type of deal? Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, all we see come through here is Mercury and Yamaha. So, I mean, ninety percent of the boats that come through here have a Mercury on them. Um, I think you tend to hear more issues with Mercury, but I I think that could also be because there's so many more of them out there than there is Yamaha. Um, I ran both extensively and I mean, I love both of them to be honest. Um, I think Mercury's definitely have some stuff they have to work through, but uh, I mean, it's not like every Yamaha is perfect either. So um, I don't really have a a true valid opinion on which one's better. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. We never see Suzuki in here. Well, there's only three of them. Right. Going three in the northeast all of them are in new york i've heard all great things about them but when you're pulling three people i mean I yeah, three versus the 70 that have mercury yeah or 700 yeah so. yeah, yeah i mean people. almost every boat that comes through especially since covid has a mercury on it because i think yamahas were just almost impossible to get so yeah how long ago was it that evan rude was no more what year was that that was pre-COVID. Like that was like three years ago, right? It was like 2019 or 2020. Was it pre-COVID? It was like right as COVID was starting. Yeah, I feel like it was right around then. Because huh. I bought my Triton that had an Evinrude on it and about six months later. Because I bought my Triton right at the start of COVID without any idea of what was going to go on with the economy, if we were all going to survive, like who knew what was going to happen. But yeah. So, and I think it was like six months into owning my Evinrude. Mm. The Evinrude was like, yep, we're no longer doing it. So the parent company, which is what BRC, I think they're still around, but Evinrude is no longer. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, it's definitely an unfortunate timing for anybody that had just bought an Evinrude for sure. The, <laughs> the, the value just went down in the gutter. I mean, it was, yeah, that sucks. A lot of people got is, They're still moving parts for them because BRP is still around. They still make the parts and they still cover the warranty which is crazy to think about. It's just a little bit harder to get the parts. Yeah. I just think you're at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to service in it. Right. Cause I think you have to take it to a mercury place or maybe it's just somebody that's agreed. I'm not really sure how that works, but yeah, I, I think um, you would have to find a shop that's still Evan Rude BRP certified. And a lot of times those shops are Alumacraft shops like DV 
stores that sell Lumacrafts because I think Lumacraft <laughs> is coming out with like an in-haul motor that is designed by PR- BRP. So a lot of Lumacraft boat dealerships will have Evinrude service. I think it's, it's extremely rare that we see an Evinrude at this point. Um, I don't know where they all went, but <laughs> well, I guess if we do know, but <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna say that. But <laughs> well, that was the thing with the Evinrudes when they ran, they were bulletproof, but once they broke, like it's just paying the butt to get parts, even when the company was around. Claiming 10 years of no maintenance on a motor to me, no matter how good it is, just seems wild. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> old, old moves, cotton. I uh, guess they probably changed the lower that when we're going out of business, though, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, a good 10 years. <laughs> Two years later, that, they're right? gone. Yeah. Good grief. Well, dude, so you, you brought up uh, earlier sales, Black Friday. Things like that. Obviously, you ran a, a pretty big one still that's going on right now, but uh, you're up in the ante a little bit. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so we we tried to get a, a jump start. We started some sales a couple weeks ago, um, but we've got our true Black Friday sales starting on Saturday. So we're going to have some good deals on lithium batteries, motorized pole mounts, pretty much anything you can think of except for the like the big Lawrence Garmin Hummingbird stuff that's protected by MRP. But, um, you know, <clears throat> this will definitely be our best prices of the year for sure. Um, we always run, you know, it's just to move product and, and kind of, you know, give people the opportunity to save some money. So we'll, we'll probably run a few exclusives for like a true black Friday sale, you know, kind of like a doorbuster thing, but, um, you pretty much count on from, Saturday the twentieth through the twenty seventh, we'll have our best price of the year. Awesome! That is seven days, not three, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you math well, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little inside joke, but yeah, uh, those will be pretty sweet. And we'll remind you guys as we get closer um, into the twentieth, uh, things like that. When some sales are coming up, we will uh, be sure to remind you guys on the show that way you guys can uh, take advantage. Uh, on that window of time, but uh, do, you, do you see a big rush this time here when people, I mean, a lot of people are putting stuff away. Like, do you still see a big rush black Friday wise from, from your shop? People, people know that the sales are going to happen. There's no secret, right? So they definitely wait. Um, I mean, our sales have been pretty, pretty crazy the last week or so. So um, yeah, I mean, it'll get, it'll get really crazy for next week. Um you know, I'm still learning at this because we haven't been doing it that long and, and our sales keep growing and growing every year. So we're kind of evolving those and trying to offer the best deals we can. But, yeah, I, I think people definitely mark it on the calendar for sure. They know, especially electronics wise, like you won't see any better pricing than now. So, yeah, if they're not on social, they're calling your shop every day leading up to Black Friday. Pretty much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got sales. <laughs> The worst is when you sell the stuff and then they, they bought it like three days before the Black Friday sale and they want to get the refund on it. You know, that's that's the toughest. Sometimes we can't offer that because, you know, you buy product at a different price, you know, because the, the companies you buy from will offer promos sometimes. So that's always an interesting one. And then you get the the, the typical Bass Pro uh deal that's been created over the last few years they run some crazy exclusive deals on some garmin units so 
we'll get that question about a hundred times in the next week, maybe, maybe 200, but um, you know, when you're Bass Pro buying $10 million worth of product at a time, they, they tend to give you a little better deal. Yeah. So that's gotta be frustrating to an extent. Uh, I, I mean, maybe not competing with the Bass Pro, but the people that'll try to buy something that's heavily on sale and then try to refund that that's gotta be, cause you know exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. We run into that every year. We, you know, it's, it's tough. We want to, we want to be polite and offer the best customer service we can, but it's a tough pill to swallow too. When a guy walks in with an arm full of Bass Pro stuff that he just bought and wants you to throw it on the boat. So that's a little, a little bit insulting, but we're, we're here to help. So, um, we, we try to offer the best we can. We get it. I'm, we're a consumer just like you. I buy stuff, fish and tackle. It's not like, a, you know, you get it for free. So I'm going to go buy the best deal I can. So you can't really hold people, you know, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And especially when it's, you know, that weekend warrior. Yeah, you can. I can understand how that could be frustrating from, from your standpoint. Um but also, the but, uh, but we get it too. You know what I mean? If you can save 500 bucks, I mean, 500 bucks, a lot of money, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Who knows that 500 bucks and this money they're saving might be what they're, they're affording to pay you to install everything. Right. And, and yeah. in all fairness, our local customers are really good. The ones that have us do installs, I mean, they'll buy whatever's on sale at Bass Pro and then come get the live scope from us or active target or whatever. So, I mean, we're competitive on 90% of the stuff. It's just a few exclusives they get that we can't touch. Yeah. Makes sense. Definitely. Well, dude, makes sense. So beyond that with the shop, I mean, anything big coming up for 2024 for whether you tournament wise or fishing wise, bass fishing electronics. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think we have anything really too exciting as far as like the shop goes. I mean, we're just steadily growing and and trying to expand out into other areas, you know, down the East coast. And, you know, we've had several guys come up from Pennsylvania and stuff like that. Um, we got some uh, new elite series guy that we're going to be sponsoring. We, we haven't really officially announced that. So we'll, We'll hold back on that for now. So that's that's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm sure most people can guess if, if you see who just made the elites up in this area. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're continuing our deal with Matt Becker. So we're pretty excited about that, um, growing that relationship. And that's that's been a an awesome relationship. And, and it keeps getting better. So we're, we're excited about that. Uh, for the 2024 season. Yeah, we just uh, we had Maddie on. Was that a month ago? No, three weeks ago, Andy? Something like that? Uh, yeah. Pretty recent. But yeah, it's like a, maybe so. even two weeks ago. It was pretty pretty recent. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a really good show uh, with Maddie, as always. Um, but yeah, stacked, stacked roster. Uh, and going into next year, it's going to be the, the pro tournament side of things. Before we dive too deep into that, because we'll end up going another hour or two if we let ourselves. That's a whole. It is wild what's going on right now. It's almost like from the outsider looking in, it's almost exciting as like the trade deadline for the NFL. Like from a fan standpoint, because you're like, what is happening? Who's going where? <laughs> like you, yeah. It's like each day there's a new person that commits somewhere different, but uh, nonetheless, um, should be a fun season regardless, and it's going to be eventful one way or another next year. And uh, I think we're on like that brink of, from a professional fishing standpoint that nobody knows 
what the yeah. heck is going to happen next. Yeah, like Jordan Lee coming back to the Elite Series when everyone thought he'd never leave Major League Fishing. So that was. He's got to be the youngest guy ever to use a Legends exception. Right? Otafo going over to Major League Fishing. That was interesting. Yeah, that too. Uh, was it Justin Lucas that won AOI that went over to MLF mm-hmm. as well? Um, so I don't, it's. I think from the outside looking in for us, right, it's crazy the changes that we see in MLF and stuff. But I think for those guys, it's just a business decision. It doesn't really matter for them which trail they're fishing, you know what I mean? Because they got opportunities to make plenty of money in either one. So yeah, to them, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, people can say what they want. Uh, I mean, from us as true fans of the sport, I don't think – like we watch these guys because one, we enjoy the sport uh, from a purist standpoint, but also we just love to learn too from these guys. I don't I mean I don't care what format. I mean, I, I'm a little bit biased in the fact that I don't care what format these guys are fishing. I just want to watch them fish because, regardless, there's things to learn from them, the tendencies, the adjustments, things like that. Um, but regardless, it, you know, like you make a great point, Steve. Like if if somebody you know, like from an angler standpoint, their their decision isn't about what the community is saying. Their decision is going to be about which one is going to one may make them more money and two prolong their career. They're going to look at longevity here and what's going to be best for them and their families. There's it's business decision. It, I don't think a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's, they don't care what the, what the perception is to the public. You know, I mean, they do to an extent, but in the end, those are two professional organizations and, like you said, it's a hundred percent a business decision. It's not what Sally thinks on Facebook. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sally. I know <laughs> uh, the shakeups have been have been quite interesting to to keep up with, and yeah. uh, a lot of new faces hitting the EQs. And oh man, I mean, looking at the the trails next year, obviously, you know, top two top tiers are going to be competitive as always, but. Man, the the EQs and the NPFL all of a sudden got way more interesting in regards to the faces that will be showing up at the boat ramp next year. It's going to be uh, – I, I don't know. I For whatever reason, I got some really high hopes uh, for the NPFL 2025, like that you're going to see some things really shake up over there from a heightened attention standpoint, especially after you're going to see 30 guys have to leave, which means they're going to – I mean, they're probably already made a phone call. The old Brad Fuller, and they're like, "Hey, 2025, can I put my check in? <laughs> like, trying to get in on that." I mean, yeah, I'm sure they are. They they have oh. a great product, so I, it's it's just super cool to watch all the different dynamics working, and obviously, uh, it's something we're fully absorbed into. But oh, yeah. nonetheless, um, again, like I was saying here, I might get long winded if we got into the the pro side, so I'll uh, <sighs> I'll concede. <laughs> a lot to talk about in that yeah, regard. No but uh Steve, before we wrap this thing up, is there anything else that the the folks should know here? Um anything else that they should take advantage of? Things coming up. No, I mean just just keep an eye out for those sales. We'll be sending out an email blast and putting it on social media. Um just wanted to say thank you to to you guys for this year and and uh, thank you to all of our customers. I mean, this is this has been a special year for us. The growth has been unbelievable. Um, 
And it, it's just been a humbling ride to see how many people have gotten behind Bass Fishing Electronics as a brand. And, and um, you know, we're, we're super excited for, for next year to see what that brings. And we just want to continue growing and, and making a bigger outreach to, to more guys down the East Coast and, and re- making people realize, you know, it's worth the drive to come up here and, and have us rig your boat and, and just see what it's all about. And, um, yeah, we're just super excited to just keep this growing. Heck yeah. If there's anybody that's newer to the Serious Angler podcast that hasn't heard Steve on the shows from this, uh, this past year, we'll have the link down to the website for Bass Fishing Electronics. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on MP3, we'll have that there. You can click that, go check it out. Take advantage of the sales going on right now. And of course, like I said earlier, we'll remind you guys when those sales for Black Friday and stuff that you just mentioned coming up here are going. That way you guys can be on top of it, be in the know, and be able to take advantage of those um, when they become available. Um, but as always, Steve, appreciate you, man, uh, coming on. Always fun conversation. Thank you. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to trying to get out on the boat with you this year. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen next year for sure. Maybe a couple times. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So, uh, some, yeah. some beers and some fishing. I think yeah. in order. Yeah, hopefully I can get a little more bandwidth, some free time here, and we can get out and do some fishing for sure. Yeah, hopefully you'll have a boat by then. <laughs> <laughs> He's still taking shots. The yeah. one time I haven't had a boat. <laughs> oh man, I gotta put him in anyways because like <laughs> otherwise it's just me in a plastic boat that I'm just getting ripped apart yeah, we're, we're gonna have to you, you're gonna have to see this boat we got in the works right now it's down at uh jcs marine in rhode island he's done a total restore for us so that's gonna be a pretty cool project to, to follow along with we're gonna be posting quite a bit about that so oh, what kind of, can you name what kind of haul it is like it's what's a the it's a 2016 phoenix that was absolutely destroyed on lake champlain so oh geez uh, he he basically rebuilt the entire boat um so that's cool it's going to be a pretty cool project to see he's he took a ton of pictures and i mean he basically stripped it down to to what you'd see at the factory so um that's going to be pretty cool i i don't he's he's very ambitious let's say that i would have never got into it so uh, but he's done an awesome job so are, are you saying it was absolutely destroyed on Lake Champlain? Isn't it was you that absolutely destroyed it? No, no. I I have a little more respect for my equipment than this one. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that bad, huh? And this was no fault of Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. This has nothing to do with Phoenix. This is just blatant abuse to a boat. Uh, just just driving it till the top cap separates and talks as he's running down the lake. And yeah, then, pretty so. much everything separates. The The bolt holes for the motor had like oblonged like in this huge triangle shape because they loosened up and he just kept running it the way it was. So, jeez. Uh, yeah. Oh my it's going to be a cool project to see though. I, where, I haven't even, you know, we don't have the finished product yet, but it's, it's going to be special for sure. That'd be pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you, if you need to go fishing, uh, I got a cooler I can sit in the back of my kayak if you want to go and make some casts. But uh, <laughs> just ratchet strap me on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll tie you to it. You got a seatbelt. You'll be all right. Oh, man. <laughs> but nonetheless, Steve, appreciate yeah. it as always, man. And uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. You got ride. it. Talk to you. Dude, always good getting Steve out in here and uh, excited about the Black Friday deals. Coming yeah. up, Andy. Oh, Taking yeah. advantage of uh if, if people, you know, 
I hate to bring up the whole forward-facing sonar thing again, but if there was the whole pe- thing about people not being able to afford electronics, things like that, take advantage of these deals. Now is the time of year to, if you want to get out, whether it's even just you don't have anything and you want to get a, a seven-inch down imaging unit, something like that, like that's this is the time to do it. Um, from all three brands, he's going to have a bunch of sales. I mean, it currently has the sales going on right now, um, but we'll be, obviously, as we get closer to the 20th, like you mentioned, uh, further involved so you guys can take uh, advantage of those but uh appreciate steve he's living in one of the meccas of of bass fishing that everybody loves to go up to champlain and uh i'm looking forward to getting up there with him as well this year um but uh andy what's coming up for you man more more steelhead guiding i assume lots of steelhead guiding until about december 20th i think i'm getting pretty full up until that date so we're rocking and rolling, putting a lot of miles on the feet and uh, busting out some podcasts here, trying to keep up with the socials, among other things, but doing the best we can over here. <laughs> <laughs> trying. <laughs> trying. Yes. Trying. Oh, so, man. Like, if you saw my hands right now, like, I don't know if you can see this, but basically, I'll see if I can turn it that way. My every, like, joint on both of my hands is cracked. So it's killing me just to like open and close my hands. Crumb, dude. Yeah, it's fun. I need to just get some lotion on those puppies. Oh, I put lotion on them in the morning and before I go to bed. It's the egg. Oh, he's a two timer, eh? Yeah, two timer. Loop him up two times. John Kings and have fun with that kind of one. (laughs) Yes, yes. But uh, no, so um, for steelhead fishing, because I float fish for them, I have to cure eggs and the there's a chemical process of doing it. And that's basically what it is, is touching the eggs all day and ripping them off the hook and putting them on. It just destroys my hands. So oh, that's not the most fun, but no. got to do what you got to do. It's why you're the best. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the best, but we're sure trying to be better. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's one thing to call out to um, a while ago, we put out a feeler for um, potential interns uh, for social media, things like that, because we certainly could use the help because, uh, if you guys have seen serious angler network, we're growing, uh, the podcast network is growing quickly and there's a lot of different things we want to do, but there's only so much bandwidth that we have between, uh, the three of us. And, you know, obviously four now with, with Justin Largen joining Mm -hmm. kayak fishing weekly. Um, but no, it's one of those things where we're, we're trying to make sure it's, it's worth your time. That's, it's the thing that I am so against is a unpaid intern because I went through that and it was not fun working that much. Uh, I'm not saying nothing in return. Yeah. And it's not even like a 40 hour gig we're talking about. It'd be way, 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 way less than that. But I guess just to put feelers back out there uh, for people that if you're, if you're in high school, if you're in college uh, and you're, you're rather social media savvy, or maybe you're into journalism as well. You like writing. Get in touch with us, whether it's uh, shoot a DM over social or email email us at theseriesangler at gmail.com. Um, trying to put feelers back out there because we'd like to be, with the big things we have planned for 2024, we sure could use the help. And uh, and hopefully we're going to be trying to find the means to make sure you're well compensated uh, for that help. So um, if you're out there and you're interested, um, get in touch with us. Uh, we'll be obviously for the people that, you know, if you're sitting here, you're like, man, I reached out to you. I was one of the guys. Uh, we'll... Yeah, we still have your contact info and we'll reach back out and everything to make sure you guys are still available. But uh, we have high hopes for this brand and uh, we would not be here today 
if it wasn't for for you guys. So another appreciation and round of applause uh, for all you guys that are out there helping us out big time. Uh, I accidentally re- uh, removed the applause soundbite that I had. Uh, otherwise, I would have totally hit that right there. <laughs> yeah, I got you. No worries. No worries. I got you. <laughs> uh, but uh, nonetheless, appreciate you guys. And if you again, the biggest thing we're trying to push that really would help us out from your guys' end, um, if you have two seconds, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, I mean, those are the two biggest platforms that uh, people listen to podcasts on. If you haven't yet and you could leave us a rating and review, uh, that would be seriously super, super appreciated because that's the one thing that helps us get seen more. The more ratings we have, uh, the more that those apps show us, and the more they show us, the more viewers, things. Obviously, you can see this trickle-down effect and uh, can help us put more back into you guys, the viewers. So, uh, again, appreciate you all. I'll remind you once more, those two giveaways down in the comment section, or not in the comment section, good grief, the descriptions for these shows. If you can get in on those, it'd be greatly appreciated. You guys are awesome. And uh, coming up, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we have Caleb Bell uh, and the Project Purple people coming on next Tuesday night for our Thanksgiving special that will be live on the 21st, that Tuesday. Um, it's up in the air right now if we're going to do a show for next week, being that it's Thanksgiving, things like that. Um, so we'll let you guys know over social if we're going to end up doing that or not. But in two weeks, we'll give you guys a little prelude to what's coming. We're going to wrap this sucker up. Uh, Keith Carson on the 28th Ooh. is going to come on Tuesday Night Live. Frequent flyer, Keith Carson. I like it. Yeah, yeah. we've had Keith on a good amount, and uh, we'll get Keith on to catch up with him, maybe some uh, some winter fishing in the south for some largemouth, um, and as well as kind of his point of view of this whole MLF thing from a rookie standpoint, being that uh, he's a one and, he, it's basically one and done this year unless he can get a top 10 AOI. Um, and then in stride with that, that Friday show we have um, just uh, announced he's going to the EQs, the Mass Master Opens. Emil Wagner, uh, freaking hammer that uh, came out and about this year, uh, doing some big things. So we'll get Emil on uh, to talk uh, to you guys, to learn from him. And uh, so we have some really good shows coming up here for you guys. So awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. As always, folks, you guys are awesome. We appreciate you all. We'll see you on the next one. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanga fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.